All right, hey guys, welcome to another episode of Pursuing Jesus Podcast. I'm recording from my car today because I have a lot going on before I travel to New York tomorrow for our Promise Keepers event and uh, just got done helping my dad move. So this is pretty much the only time that I could squeeze this in, but I want to be dedicated to putting out content every weekday uh, as humanly possible and I want to follow up with yesterday's episode. We're talking about identity and yesterday was part one. Really, your identity in Christ, why you're alive, right? What your purpose is, what it means that you were created by God, what it means that you were redeemed by God and bought with the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. These things are incredibly important. They motivate every decision that you make, whether you recognize it or not. The way you see yourself affects how you live. And this episode today, we're going to go further into identity. Uh, for about 15-20 minutes and we're going to hit on a different angle. We're going to talk about how you view God when the trials come, right? Because when circumstantially you have peace, when things are going well in life, when life is, you know, maybe easy, quote-unquote, you would say, it's easy to uh, begin to understand who God is and who you are and be- because you're not being squeezed. You're not under pressure, right? When things are going well. But how many of you know that as soon as trials come, right? As soon as that diagnosis hits or, or that bill comes in or, or you get laid off at work or so, I mean, you fill in the blank. We've all been there. When that comes, it's like life takes an entire 180 and all of the sudden you're operating out of a very different place. If we're honest with ourselves, most people are very reactionary, especially Christians. You know, we were created by God to be on offense. We were given a sword. We were given armor. Um, You don't wear armor and, and get a weapon to just sit back and wait for the enemy to come use you like a punching bag. When you go to war, you go out. You know, the Bible says that David sprinted towards Goliath. He didn't wait for him to come and like, he ran at him. And how that equates to you and I is that we are constantly in pursuit of who Christ is, who we are in him, and what our purpose on this earth is, which is to shine in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. And so as I'm living on offense, trials are going to come, persecution is going to come, all of these things that were promised in the Bible and are just part of life because of the fall of man, because of sin, because the enemy has been given dominion, because he is the ruler of this world. Because of all of those things, we're going to face hard times. Bad things are going to happen. But if I'm a Christian and I am in pursuit of Jesus, I'm not just attending church and living my life and just trying to, you know, do the the American dream. When I'm on offense and those trials come, I'm, I'm ready for them. Obviously, we don't want trials necessarily. Like, I want what trials produce. I want to be a man of perseverance that builds character, that builds hope. That's Romans 5. I want Philippians 1 to be true in my life, which says that it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in his name, but to suffer for his sake. Like, I want what my Savior wants for me. 
but going through those trials is very difficult. And, and the, the way that identity ties into all of this is that a lot of people, they quickly uh, change or are very tempted to question their view of God, right? Like if you're honest with yourself, have you, have you been in that position before where you view God one way and, you know, you feel like things are good and then all of a sudden, you know, you get really sick or you lose your job or your family member gets really sick or they die, something horrible happens. Have you been tempted to go, well, God, what, you know, what the heck? How could you let that happen? After everything, you know, and you begin to throw your resume at God as if you could earn, uh, you know, his provision or you could earn the promises of his word. You say, well, God, I've served you here. How could you let this happen? Or God, that person was so faithful to you. They were so pure. I, I know a time when they could have done this and that, but they stayed as a righteous person of integrity and then now you're going to let them get cancer you're going to let them get fired you're going to let them get abused by their significant other you're going to we begin to throw the book back at god and all of a sudden god is on trial or it happens to us and we take this me i position how could you let this happen to me after all that I've done for you? I've been serving you faithfully. I have not walked in willful sin. I, and you're qualifying yourself. And when you begin to do that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I know this because I've been tempted to feel this way and I have counseled enough people, I've walked with enough people, I've seen enough people go through trials and watch how they respond to know that it is very real for someone to begin to chip away at their reverence for God, chip away at the goodness of God, at the faithfulness of God. I mean, am I lying? When these things happen to you, what does the enemy tempt you with? Well, if God was good, if he was really good, then why would he do this? Well, if God was so faithful, then, then why would he allow this to happen? Well, if God was a man of his word and his word says that you're hidden in the shadow of his wing and you're preserved and protected and he'll never forsake you, he'll never leave you, he'll never let the righteous be forsaken, all of these things. If he was so true to his word, then why would he let this happen? Have you heard those lies before? I've heard them. They're accusations from the enemy because he knows that if he can get you to partner with just one of those, and partnering might not be saying, yeah, you know what, you're right, God is not faithful. That's an extreme example. Partnering with the enemy is entertaining. Flirting with a lie. Just letting it fester and marinate in your head. Have you ever done that? You ever had the enemy just speak something that wasn't true to you, but it, it's just sitting up there in your head because you haven't taken that thought captive and made it obedient to Christ and replaced it with truth. And I do a lot of teaching about intrusive thoughts. Plenty of episodes on here. I'm going to teach you in this episode how to not lay down your spiritual armor, how to maintain your integrity and your view of who God is and his nature and how to overcome every trial and actually walk in the peace of God and dare I even say, 
the joy of the Lord in the midst of trials. Listen, I've got to stop and thank our sponsors of this podcast because uh, me being a full-time missionary, this podcast being something that I get to devote so much time to, it wouldn't happen without our donor team and our wonderful sponsors. Uh, the first one is Promise Keepers. I mentioned I'm going to an event uh, tomorrow. The event is Friday, December 1st. It's called Daring Faith. And you've got to come check it out if you're in the area in Brooklyn. Check out the Daring Faith event with Promise Keepers on December 1st. It's in the evening. You can find out more if you download the PK app. You could also simulcast the event. There are churches across the nation that are going to be showing this event. It is a powerful time. And the reason Promise Keepers even exists is that we want to build up godly men for a better tomorrow. You know as well as I do that we need righteous men right now to to stand up and be bold. And we need young boys to become men of God. And so check out the PK app. There's plenty of devotionals and teachings and um, all kinds of things on there. I've recorded quite a bit of content and there's an online community. It's just wonderful. Make sure you check that out. Next is uh, Aligned Mortgage. We have our mortgage for our home here in Florida through them. They're incredible. We never could have got a traditional loan, even though I've owned multiple houses, I've had multiple careers. Banks only look at numbers. And our numbers are pretty good, but they need more history or they need more of this or more of that. You know how it is with the banks. It's, it's never just easy. Well, with Aligned Mortgage, these guys work with veterans. They want to help you understand your VA loan. They want to help you use your VA loan. They don't just provide loans, but they educate. So if you're a realtor and you need educating on VA loans for free, you've got to hit me up. I can help you with that, get you plugged in with our team. But these guys over at Aligned Mortgage, I just want to share. I'm going to share this every episode because it's so powerful. And uh, maybe they don't even want me saying this because, you know, their treasures are in heaven. But there have been instances where they have helped people out with more than $10,000 because closing costs changed and the person wasn't going to be able to afford the mortgage anymore and they were going to have to back out. These guys at Aligned came in and they made it happen. They are amazing. You have to go to AlignedMortgage.com if you need a loan anywhere in the country. They're national. And uh, make sure you tell them that I sent you and ask for Ronnie. That's my... It's my friend over there. He's incredible. He'll hook you up. Finally, guys, I want to thank Military Warriors for their support of this channel. They've recently came on. They're amazing. Long story short, they give away cars and houses, like mortgage-free, payment-free cars and houses to veterans, to disabled veterans, to wounded warriors. They are phenomenal. I'm so grateful to be partnered with them. And... I encourage you to go to militarywarriors.org, throw a couple of dollars their way. Uh, We have had over half a million uh, listeners in the last year or year and a half. Half a million. If every one of those gave $1, we'd buy several homes for veterans. You can help fix the problem of homelessness in the veteran community. And I'm so grateful for Military Warriors. So thank you guys for sponsoring our podcast. Now guys, make sure you continue to like and share the podcast if you want us to reach more people. We all need to know about identity and so I'm going to get into this right now. When when the enemy comes at you, and I preach this all the time, but guys, the Bible, it's amazing because it never changes and it doesn't need to. 
How many times have you heard me talk about Job? What was Satan's goal with Job? To get Job to curse God. Why would Job curse God? Because he thought that God was striking him down. Well, was God striking him down? No, it was Satan. But he was making it look like it was God. Now, God, now Job was a man of integrity. God knew this. And so even though Job thought it was God, he still worshipped him. Now, Jesus came and he said, listen, there's an enemy and then there's us. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come to bring life and life more abundantly. We know that God is not, uh, he's not destroying you. He's not giving you cancer. He's not giving you a demon, right? One question that can totally just begin to unravel your faith and mess with your mind is why did God allow? Again, we go back to the Garden of Eden. That's what God allowed. He allowed man to have free will and he gave us dominion over everything. And what happened? We gave it to the enemy. Adam and Eve sinned. They gave dominion over to Satan. And now Satan has free reign over the earth. Jesus called him the ruler of this world. That's what he is. Now he's going to come to an ultimate demise at the end of the age and be thrown into the lake of fire forever. God will have, uh, he's already defeated the enemy, but he will have destroyed him. But for now, he still has authority. Okay, so what? God has given us all authority in his name. We have the power over the enemy. We have the power over demons and devils. And the Bible says we're going to tread on snakes and scorpions. We're going to heal the sick. We're going to raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. We're going to do all of these things in his name. Isn't that incredible? So then what happens when we face a trial? Why do we blame God? Don't we understand? Can this just be a common understanding? You're going to go through hard times. You've got to get that in your head right now. I don't know who's listening, and maybe you've had a false reality, false expectation of how life should go, where, well, I'm a Christian now, so nothing could ever bother me. Wrong. In fact, when you become a Christian, you're putting a major target on your back for the enemy. But that's nothing to fear, because Jesus has already overcome the world, and he lives inside of us, those of us who are born again. And so we know that with him, we will always overcome. So yeah, we're going to face trials. We're going to go through hard times. But we have the king of glory partnering with us, his spirit living inside of us, Jesus interceding for us daily to the father. And we know at the end of this life, we get to go be with God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit for eternity. Like we can't lose. Now, why am I harping on this? This is the viewpoint that you have to maintain. We get so caught up in living for this life that we lose sight of the eternal. And when you lose sight of the eternal, you will begin to complain and grumble and dispute. And that will lead to you questioning God, questioning his character, his nature, his goodness, his faithfulness, questioning if he's really listening to your prayers, questioning if he cares about your prayers because you don't see them answered, so you wonder if he's even there, questioning his reality because if he was real, then he wouldn't leave me like this, he wouldn't. 
Do you know people, or maybe even you, have gone down that road? Come on, that is no life to live at all. We know that God is working all things out for our good, for those of us who love Him and who have made Him the Lord, Master, and Savior of our lives. So let me help you here. When a trial comes, do not allow the enemy to get you to stop trusting in God. That's how you win. The Christian victory is not making it to the end of your life and you didn't go through anything. Everything was good, smooth sailing, and every mountain low, every valley raised up. Just a chill, easy life. No, that's not a Christian victory at all. And if you have a cushy life, there's no way you're ever going to grow because you haven't been tested. The Bible teaches that's the only way you're ever going to grow is you get tested. You get refined by the fire. You get purified like precious uh, gold and, and diamonds and things like this that come out of pressure. It's the only way you can build perseverance, character, and hope is to go through a trial. That's the only way you can grow in your relationship with God in a way that you couldn't grow any other way is to see Him in the fire. You can't know the faithfulness of God until you have seen Him be faithful. Well, if your life is easy and you never go through anything, how could you ever see God be faithful? Am I speaking to anyone right now? So listen, we have to understand one thing. The enemy, he's after this right here. He's after your mind. He wants your mind to spin when life gets hard. So the first thing I do when I face a trial, I pray. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. You're with me. You're with me in this storm. You're with me in this fire. You're never going to leave me. You're never going to forsake me. You haven't left me unarmed or ill-equipped. You have given me everything I need to win this spiritual battle. And God, I'm going to trust in you. No matter how bad it gets, no matter what it looks like, no matter if I can't seem to figure out how it's going to work, I will always trust in you. Because I know who you are and I thank you that you have loved me so deeply even when I was a sinner, you loved me and you showed that love. You proved that love when you sent your son on the cross. God, thank you for saying that I was worthy of the blood of your son. I will repay you by living my life with integrity and by having faith in you, even when it looks like there's no reason to have faith at all. You see, I'm just praying out of my spirit right now. I don't have this written down or memorized. This is just how I pray. As you begin to pray and declare truth over yourself and declare truth to God and worship and glorify and exalt and praise Him in the midst of a storm, you will see that your mind, your perspective completely change. Many people, when they're going through trials, they are me-focused. I can't believe this is happening to me and how am I going to make it through this? Or what am I going to do now? That's the first goal of the enemy is to get you to look inward. Because guess what? You're not going to find the answers. And when you're looking inward, you're not looking upward. You don't have your eyes on the Lord. And Colossians 3 tells us to fix our eyes on the things above, not on the things below. Set your mind on the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. That is the aim of our life, is to never take our eyes off of Jesus. And that is the aim of the enemy, is to get you to take your eyes off of Jesus. Remember in the garden, 
Eve knew that she shouldn't touch any fruit from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The enemy tempted her and she said, no, this tree, this fruit will kill us. And the enemy kept on and he kept on and he kept on. And what does the Bible say? The enemy got Eve to take a look at the fruit. And it says she looked at it and then she saw that it was appealing to the eye. What she knew would kill her, a few verses later, she found appealing. Why? Because she got in an argument with the enemy. She didn't just rest on the word of God and then flee from temptation. She hung around. So let me encourage you as I begin to wrap this episode up today. When you're facing a trial, maybe you've got one beginning or maybe you're in the middle of one right now or maybe you've been fighting and you need some some advice, you need some encouragement. Do not allow the enemy to tempt you into a place where you take your eyes off of God for a second. You can't afford to look away from the Lord. You can't afford to entertain the lies of the enemy because all he wants for you is absolute misery and destruction. He wants hopelessness. He wants you to lose faith because you've lost sight. Your faith will build as you keep your eyes on Christ, as you encourage yourself in truth in the Lord. So when the fires come, don't let the enemy cause you to question God and who he is and why this and why that. Declare faith. Worship. Worship even when it doesn't make any sense. You get a bad diagnosis, you go into worship. Why? Well, let me ask you this. What is eternity compared to this wisp of a life, this vapor of a life? We get so caught up clinging to our life here. And listen, don't get me wrong. I want to live for a long time. I've got a family. I want to I want to see my grandkids. I want to see great grandkids. I would love to see great, great grandkids. And I believe in the Bible and the promises that I can live a long life if I honor my parents and if I obey the Lord. And there's blessing for those who follow in the ways of the Lord. But do you know that people who follow the Lord, sometimes their life just gets cut short? Evil's out there. Accidents happen. I mean, it's just life. But I will not violate my faith in God. I will not allow my perspective to be altered at the cost of what? Living a little bit longer, maybe? So many people worry about this life that they can't have an eternal perspective. That's why they say, well, how can, how can I worship when I just got this diagnosis? You don't understand. They told me I got six months to live. You've lost sight of eternity. And I don't say that in a harsh way or in a mean way. That is the truth. And it's the truth that will set you free. The Bible goes on to say, what man can add a single hour to his life by worrying? Worrying will do nothing for you. Worrying is a perspective of the future. It's a prophetic uh, vision of the future that is negative. Do you think that God is speaking negative things over your life? If you do, I want to encourage you to read the Bible because that's not what it says. I want you, when you get that bad news, to begin to worship. Why? Because God is worth magnifying even in your darkest hour. You will find that as you exalt the Lord and lift him up, your spirit will be lifted up. Your heart will be uh, alive again. You will be able to think more clearly because you are not so me 
focused. And when you do that, when you can maintain integrity and character and worship the Lord, even on your worst day, you don't have to worry about losing your identity or forgetting who God is. You will actually see that the intimacy you have with the Father on your dark days, it doesn't even compare to the intimacy you have in the good days. I'll finish with this. I remember when my wife was going through a really tough time health-wise. We came out of that season and she said, you know, this is going to sound crazy, but there was a closeness with the Lord that I just couldn't get outside of sickness. And I almost wish I could just stay in that place, even though my life was very hard. It was miserable at times. But my closeness with the Lord, it w- there was just something in the suffering that I have never experienced in the blessing. Can I encourage you that even in your worst times, there is a part of God that you can't see when you're walking in blessing. You will see him in a different way. And I believe that when you walk in that intentionally, when you seek him, good or bad, That is how you grow closer to the Lord and you will not fall away. Don't let life, trials, temptations, anything get you to take your gaze off of the Lord. Amen. Guys, thanks so much for listening. I hope this blessed you. Look, if you're interested in more teaching like this, I've got a group, a mentorship group called Overcomers. Uh, We're up to almost 40 members in just two weeks. We've doubled every single week. We have a daily chat happening on the Discord app, and we have a weekly Zoom call uh, every single Monday. We might be alternating the days, but the point is, I would love for you to be a part of that. Uh, We're really walking through life together. It's a great online community, people praying for each other, bearing each other's burdens. It's been very powerful. So if you're watching this on YouTube and you're interested, just leave a comment with the word overcomers. Um, If you're listening on the podcast or watching anywhere else, you can send me a DM on Instagram with the word overcomer or send me an email. My email is overcomerstx at gmail.com. Love you guys. We'll see you next time.